But for this evening, are you ready to know what the word for 2020 is? Uh, You're going to have to wait, I'll tell you later. Now, as most of you know, it's been a tradition here that the Lord gives us but a single word that we focus on for the whole of the year. And actually, it kind of began to progress a little bit as time went on. We would talk about it a couple times a year when these things initially started. And then we started focusing on PowerPoint verses for each month. And then we began teaching of the, on those verses the first Sunday of every month. And that has continued for the last few years. Now, the very first word the Lord ever gave us was the word restoration. And it was interesting that that was the word because at the time when Calvary Chapel Tustin first started back in March of 1999, not too many months after that, actually it was about eight months, we wound up in our very first building over on 6th Street. And unbeknownst to us, God began bringing us the hurting and the wounded and the battle weary And there were some crazy things going on in other churches locally. And uh, we wound up being the place where people came for healing. And God did a great work of restoration. In those first couple of years, we had people come who were in the ministry, who had stopped serving in ministry, who were restored to ministry. And oddly enough, our word for the year was restoration. It was a hard time, to be honest with you, on the spiritual and personal level. Uh, Terry and I at one point in time turned to each other and said, are there any healthy people out there? Is anybody doing good right now? And of course there were. Now the next word we received was the word revolution. And that might seem a little rebellious, but it wasn't revolution in that sense because the word means to turn completely around. And our efforts that year were trying to have a revolution in the sense of coming back full circle and living and operating and acting in the power of the Holy Spirit as they did in the book of Acts, like we're studying on Sundays now. Now, other words that we have had throughout the years included promise, believe, power, truth, fulfill, peace, proclaim, hope, grace, rejoice, And in 2019, our word has been blessed or blessed. And they've all been timely. They've all been appropriate. And our word for this year is the same. And that word is coming at the end of the message. So now we also know that with each year as the clock ticks and the calendar changes, that there is the very clear possibility that it might be the year. It might be the year the Lord comes for his church. You believe Jesus is coming again, don't you? And he indeed is. It could be the year we go home. It could be the year when things get better forever. Now, as we enter into a new year where things could radically change, I want to look back briefly at a text this evening where things radically change for the people of God, the children of Israel. The year that our text is going to focus on is 1451 B.C. The children of Israel had been delivered from Egyptian bondage by the mighty hand of God and from the tyranny of Ramesses II. 
Yet the Israelites, once they had escaped or made their exodus from Egypt, began to doubt the promises of God, and they found themselves wandering in the desert for some 40 years because of their sin. And that tells us that we ought not to doubt God. We ought to believe in God and every word he says, because God cannot lie, and nor can he fail. Now, in our text... This time of wandering was about to come to an end, and it was time to enter into the land of promise. Now, we also know that Moses wasn't going to lead the children of Israel into the land of promise because he had misrepresented God's mercy, and therefore the wanderings would also bring about his death before they entered into the promised land. Now, let me remind you that Moses didn't lose his salvation. He messed up, but he didn't lose his salvation. Somebody better have a hearty amen for that tonight. Now, the truth is, he did miss a great opportunity, which is something we could do a sermon on at another time. Therefore, Joshua would have the honor of taking the chosen people of God into a land that's described as a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, before this radical transition was about to take place, the Lord gave Joshua some reassurance that I'm sure this former field general for Moses was truly grateful for. The Lord said to Joshua in 1, 3, 8, uh, 1, 3 to 9, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said, to Moses. And let me remind you that God has somewhere that he has given us, and someday our feet are going to tread there. Amen? Now, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea of the Mediterranean toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Then the Lord says to Joshua, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, and as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Somebody say hallelujah or something. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to give to their fathers to give this, swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all which Moses my servant, all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Then the fame verses of 8 and 9, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it when it's convenient. How often? Day and night that you may observe, next two words, to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Then the Lord says, Have I not commanded you? He tells Joshua, Think about who's talking to you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, clearly, we are in a time of transition here at CCT, and the Lord has been with us in the past. He is still with us in the present, and he will be guiding us in the future. As the Lord has given us a place to meet in the past, so too he has a place for us to meet in the future. As he was with the great men and women of the past, so too is he with the great men and women of CCT. Now, so the exhortation of the Lord to you and I at this time and during this season is 
Be strong and very courageous. Do not turn from his word to the right hand or the left, and our way will be prosperous and we will have good success. Now, while we may not know all that 2020 is going to bring, we know who's bringing it, and it is the Lord, and therefore it will be, and here's what I've titled our New Year's Eve message tonight, the year of our Lord. You can write it in Latin if you choose, Anno Domini, but it means the year of our Lord. Now, it may be the year that the Lord comes for his church. It may not be the year that he comes for his church. But what we do know for sure is that he will be the Lord from January 1st to December 31st of 2020, should he tarry, and every year after that, should there be more. Now, here in Deuteronomy, we have a record, at least a partial section, of the covenant God made to his people through Moses that I want to draw a couple of insights from for the coming year uh, of our Lord, both for CCT and for ourselves individually. So as we always do in respect and honor of God's infallible and inspired word, would you stand with me, please? And let's read together Deuteronomy chapter 11. We'll look at verses 8 through 12. Deuteronomy 11, let's read 8 to 12. Therefore, you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden, But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. And Lord, we're thankful for all that you have done. We're so grateful to watch you work and to see you use people as you said you were going to do. We thank you for what you've done at CCT. We thank you for what you're going to do at and through CCT. And Lord, give us some reminders tonight of our service to you and bringing glory to you and the priority that that should be. Speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to share two things with you briefly here tonight, this New Year's Eve. Things we know to be true because the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now in verses 8 and 9, the Lord gives a directive, and then he states the benefits of following his directive, and this establishes the if-then statute, or what we know as sowing and reaping. Now we've kind of morphed sowing and reaping into what goes around, comes around, but it's the same basic principle. Now in Deuteronomy 8, 18 to 20, the Lord said this, and you shall remember the Lord your God, For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to you, or to your fathers, as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, and follow other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Now, here the Lord says, keep every commandment and you'll be strong. 
And in that strength, you'll be able to go in and possess the land and prolong your days in a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, the Lord gave some very, very uh, concrete warnings, if you will, direct uh, warnings that the people needed to heed. And I do believe that tonight we don't want to forget the Lord. Amen. We don't. And the Lord had already told them earlier in Deuteronomy chapter eight, that if they happen to become wealthy, if the land blesses them greatly and they become financially independent or secure, he says, hey, you need to remember who it is who gave you the power to gain wealth and not forget about me that I brought you out of Egypt and gave you the breath to breathe the muscles in your back, hands, arms and feet in order to become prosperous. And he says, I testify against you to this day. There'll be consequences for forgetting me. Now, we want to remember the Lord. We don't want to follow other gods. We don't want to serve idols or worship them. Can I hear an amen tonight? Now, we also don't want to miss the connection between keeping his commandments and having strength to possess and prolong our days. Now, this is something that we can trust in and rely on and cling to because 500 years after this was written, it was still true. And David recognized the connection between obedience and strength. In Psalm 32, 1 to 4, he said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Then David said this in contrast. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. David was having a dry time. David was having a dry season and there were associated actions on his part that created this. And he was silent about his own sin and it caused him to feel spiritually like he was in a drought of summer. So David knew the blessings of obedience. He knew the drought of disobedience and the if then statute was present and manifested as true in his own life. Now, here's the first of two things I want to remind you of here tonight. Listen this evening. Honoring the word empowers us for great and mighty things. Honoring the word empowers us for great and mighty things. Now, the Lord cares about his word, right? Psalm 138.2 says that he has esteemed his word even above all his name. Why would he say he esteems his word above all his name? Because if your word is no good, neither is your name. So he esteems his word even above all his name. So when we honor his word, there is strength for us. There is power to possess the land that he is giving us. And the word possess is interesting because it means to occupy by driving out the previous tenants. And this is exactly what happened with the children of Israel. But we also need to note that the land that the Lord gave them required strength to possess. Because the fact is, they would fight for the land that the Lord gave them. And it would take seven years of battle in which they would receive what the Lord had given them. That tells us God wants us incorporated in what he's doing. And when he has given us a blessing, when he gives us a land, when he gives us a promise, we are to participate in what he is doing. And therefore, we need to be walking in strength, which comes from honoring his word. Now, we know this is true in the church age as well, because Revelation 7 or 3, 7 to 13. I'm sorry, this was long. I just couldn't find a place to cut it off. We got to read the whole thing because it's awesome. <laughs> Revelation 3, 7 to 13. The Lord said to the messenger of the church in Philadelphia, write. 
These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. He says, I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little what? Here's where they got it. You've kept my word. And have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Please note that word quickly means suddenly or by surprise. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to CCT. Now, the Lord is saying to you and I, keep my word. The Lord is saying to Calvary Chapel Tustin, hold fast to what you have. The Lord is saying to all of us, keep the command to persevere and we will be kept from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world. Now, listen, there's going to be a change of address for us in the future, but there will not be a change of priority. We are going to teach the Bible here at Calvary Chapel Tustin. We are going to honor the word of God. And the result will be strength to possess what the Lord has given us. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, notice again what we're told in 10 to 12, where the Lord begins to describe where they're going. The land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed, watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Now, When the Jews were slaved in Egypt for well over 400 years, they did live on the perimeter of the fertile uh, Nile Delta, and they lived close to the town of Goshen, but they still had to carry water from the Nile to the fields to water crops. It was a very tedious task, and I don't know if any of you have ever tried to carry a five-gallon bucket of water. I know one guy down here in the front row carried them all the time. Matter of fact, that's how... Officer Mike and I met. He was our water guy back in the day. And I heard somebody on the radio, a familiar voice I knew, and it was he was listening to K-Wave. So I bolted out of the house and into the garage and uh, saw Mike standing there, and they've been family ever since. You never know what uh, God's going to do, amen? I don't know why I was telling you. Yeah, I do. I know why I was telling you that. Because water's heavy. They were having to carry these buckets of water to hand water to the field. And the Lord said, you know what, where you're going, I'll do the watering. Where you're going, I designed the land so that when the rain falls, it's going to water your fields. And the hills and valleys are perfect for watering the crops and the fields and the meadows that lay at the bottom of the hill and the foothills. And I want you to think about this tonight. What a beautiful picture of salvation we just had painted for us. We were slaves to the world. Remember, Egypt is a type of the world or worldliness. We were slaves to the world, and now we are being provided for and cared for by God himself. 
and he watches over us all year and he cares for us. He cares where we're at. He cares what's happening in our lives. And in Colossians 1, 21 to 23, we have the contrast presented to us again, where Paul says to the church at Colossa, and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, that tells us what we think impacts what we do, which is the same is true for believing in God. Amen. Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach and of sight. If indeed there's a condition, you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now, once alienated, enemies in our mind by wicked works to now reconcile to the body of Christ's flesh through death. And now we're holy. Now we're blameless and above reproach in his sight. I think that's pretty good exchange. Now, our former life is not like the new life we now enjoy. We're not toiling and laboring without help or hope. We cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. And that's why Jesus would say in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find what? Rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, consider what we have seen so far in this short and brief set of verses. So far we've seen... Israel in a land hand-watered under the hot Egyptian sun and the whip of the Egyptian taskmaster master replaced by a land flowing with milk and honey that is cared for and watered by no less than God himself. And for us, we've had the same experience. We've gone from being heavy laden with labor in exchange for rest and easy yoke and a lightened burden for the Lord carries our burdens with and for us. Amen. Now, here's what we need to remember at such a time as this. This is a word for all of us. This is a word to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's individual, it's collective for we as a body of believers at Calvary Chapel Tustin. Now listen, this evening, when God makes changes, it's always for the better. When God makes changes, it's always for the better. Now, even though there were battles to possess what God had given Israel, just as there are battles for all of us who have received the free gift of salvation, we need to remember this truth from Romans 8, 28. Say it, read it with me, please. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Do you believe that tonight? Now, all things mean all things all year, every year including 2020 and the rest of 2019. Now, in Psalm 37, 23 through 29, we're reminded by King David that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. David says, I've been young, now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore, for the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. 
as those who have been made righteous in Christ by his blood, we can be assured that the Lord is ordering our steps individually and collectively as a body of believers. He's leading us even when we fall. Even when we fall, he will uphold us because he will never leave us nor forsake us. Anybody messed up recently? You still saved? Still going to heaven? That's because the Lord is upholding you. He's upholding me. Now, what David says after that is how we are called to impact others, starting with our own household. He says, be merciful and lend, being a blessing to our descendants. Depart from evil, do good. This is another change for the better, departing from evil and doing good. Then he tells us why he ordered our steps in these directions. Because the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints and they will be preserved forever. Now, back to what we mentioned earlier about the word and how it impacts our life. When we honor it, Psalm 119, 133 says, Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Honoring his word, walking or living according to it makes our way prosperous and then we will have good success. Now, we have said we believe this. We want to believe this. We desire to live like this. And all of this is based on our word for 2020. So are you ready? No more teasing. Here it comes. You ready? A word for 2020 is trust. Trust. Our theme verse. Listen to our theme verse. I, I just, I can't hardly wait till Sunday. I can't stand it. I want to teach these verses and the ones surrounding it. But here's our theme verse for 2020. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed or let your sustenance be his faithfulness. Now the Hebrew word for trust, bata, it's a wonderful word. It's rich with meaning and application. And we're going to study it throughout the year. Now listen close. Our word trust, the Hebrew word from our theme verse for 2020, bata, means confident, secure. Get this. It means bold. It also means, I like this, carefree. And it means hopeful. So listen, being confident, secure, bold, carefree, not careless. Hello? Carefree and hopeful. That sounds like a pretty good way to live. And in fact, it may even mean a change for the better for some. And all of this requires that we trust in the Lord. Now, think about all the things we just shared and how many verses are associated with these elements of the Hebrew word translated as trust. We can be confident that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it in us. We are secure in Christ because our sin debt was paid in the atoning power of his blood. We can be bold in the Lord because his word does not return void and because we have his spirit. We need not become entangled with the cares of this world. Therefore, we can live a carefree life as it pertains to those things 
things. And we have a future and a hope that does not disappoint because all things have passed away and all things have become new. Now, that sounds like we've got a pretty awesome year in front of us. Should the Lord tarry, and I hope he doesn't. I hope he comes in 2019. Twenty twenty in other places, but hey, you know, this is CTT. You may as well come for us first.